My wife sat on a blue recliner with a pregnancy test in her hands. And I remember falling to my knees when she told me the news that she was pregnant with our first son, our first child at the time. We didn't know that it was, it was a boy, Malachi. He's seven years old now. Immediately, when I heard that she was pregnant, I, I started thinking about what he would be like, what fathering him would be like, what playing with him would be like, what life would now be like with him in my life. However, despite all of the excitement, something began to creep into my heart. I was afraid. I was afraid that I wouldn't be good enough. I was afraid that I wouldn't be a good enough father. I was afraid that I'd mess him up. I was afraid that he wouldn't like me. But now after being his father for seven years, I realized that at the time, there wasn't enough books I could read to prepare me to father, to parent, this wonderful child. I had to learn. I had to learn by doing. I had to learn by changing the diapers. I had to learn by comforting him when he had nightmares. I had to learn by being there with him. I had to learn by kicking the soccer ball around. I had to learn by living with him. It was through action, through the experience and the, the process of life that I learned to father him. And that's a process that still is ongoing today. We haven't arrived yet. That will continue for the rest of our lives. We will continue to grow. We will continue to learn, despite the fact that when we first found out, I didn't feel ready. And you may be feeling like that right now. You may have a dream you may want to start a business. You may want to take that leap, that leap of faith that will take your life into another season, to something you've always wanted to do, something you've always wanted to start, but you don't feel like you are ready. But let me tell you this. You may not be ready. Start anyway. Do it anyway. The problems that will come up in the process of you running your business, in the process of you accomplishing your dream, you will be able to face them because you have everything that you need. You have what it takes within you to not just conquer the challenges, but to summit that mountain, to face them and to win. So don't wait. Take the leap. I heard one person say that being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff and building an airplane on the way down. And I think that that applies to our dreams. That applies to the things that we want to do with our life that transcend our, our present experience. Sometimes it just takes that leap. And to believe that you are enough. You can do this. You will 
do this. So, what are you waiting for? Do it. Hello and welcome to the podcast Stories from Port St. Lucie, Florida. I am your host, Jorge Coxach. This podcast is dedicated to telling the stories of the people, the movements, the places, and the businesses that make Port St. Lucie feel like a small town, despite the fact that it's one of the fastest growing cities in all of the United States of America. In this podcast, you will hear people's stories of how they started businesses. You will hear them talk about their lives and what drives them to do what they do to form the bustling, thriving community that is our town here in Port St. Lucie. On today's episode, we have Caricia Orozco, who owns one of the most sought-after coffee bars in Port St. Lucie, Florida, the 1971 Roasters and Coffee Bar. We will hear her story about how she owned a business before she even had a driver's license. She is a true example of starting before you're ready or before you feel you're ready, taking that leap and starting something great. Caricia Orozco, or I go by CC sometimes. CC. Yes. Awesome. And, uh, and and what do you what do you own? I own 1971 Roasters and Coffee Bar here in Tradition. In Port St. Lucie, Florida. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about um, yourself, uh, Caricia. Are you from Port St. Lucie, Florida? Um, so I was born in Texas. But my family like relocated here when we were like very very young, um, so I don't remember much of Texas. Yeah. Um, and then we lived in Fort Pierce for a while, mm-hmm. and then Port St. Lucie. What brought you guys to PSO? Um, I think my mom just wanted us to have like a better home and like better life, so she mm-hmm. moved us down to Port St. Lucie, and then we've been here for over ten years now. Ten years. So yeah. you've really gotten to see the growth of the community. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Port St. Lucie is very different <laughs> from when it was yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, when I lived here, Tradition only had the Publix right here, and then all these houses were just, like, empty lots, or they were, like, being built, but really? they weren't, like, nowhere near what it is now. Like, none of this was here. Not even the Panera, not even the Target. It was just wow. Publix. Wow. Yeah. Wow, good stuff. That's, um, you know, I used to come here back when my wife and I were dating um, and her family lived here and it was it was a lot of nothing yeah <laughs> so, as far as the eye could see yeah it's pretty amazing how much this community is growing yeah definitely now you're a part of that community in in a very significant way I mean your coffee shop is in tradition which is a very central location to Port St. Lucie a lot of people come here for for many different things um, I'm curious as to how how that happened. How did you come to to working here, from what I understand, and then even owning this this place? Okay, so it kind of is a long story. 
I we, we have time. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I moved away to Denver, Colorado for college for culinary arts and food service management. And I thought I wanted to be like a chef and own my own thing. But then I kind of fell in love with coffee after working at Starbucks. And then in Denver, there's actually so many coffee shops up there, like 1971, where they're all roasting their own coffee, hosting like classes. They do like all the cool latte art. And, you know, it's a lot different than what I call like fast food coffee to where like specialty coffee is. Mm -hmm. So I lived in Denver for about five years and then I married my husband. We met in college and then we have a two-year-old son now. So when I was pregnant with my son, Mm -hmm. we decided to relocate down to Port St. Lucie because this is where my family lives and Denver is like really expensive to live a little bit (laughs) so we decided to relocate down here and in the process of that I was like you know it would be really cool we should start our own business like yeah I want to open a coffee shop I know like the perfect place like tradition is like an up-and-coming like neighborhood like it's gonna be big like that's the place to do it yeah you you had it in mind you had the vision I had the vision and then I am looking at places to like move down here and then my sister hits me with the hey there's a coffee shop opening in tradition you should work here and I was like oh my god okay I guess someone beat me to it so I actually emailed the previous owner and was like hey like I'm moving down here I have some experience in coffee and I would really like to be like a part of the team so I moved down here and then I met the owner yeah I want to say it was like March and we kind of got together and I like let him know like right away like hey like mm-hmm. I've always wanted to own a coffee shop here in tradition so this is a start I guess I'll just work here for a little bit yeah 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 and then he was really nice he actually was like well like I want to open more locations so like maybe we could work something out later on if you're still interested in that so I was yeah. like okay that's cool um so I started working here part-time maybe like one or two days a week right it was just typical barista stuff and then what is typical barista stuff? Uh, typical barista stuff included like making lattes, um, mm-hmm. pouring espresso shots, and making coffee every day, <laughs> and then just like regular like customer service interactions with people, yeah, and kind of letting them know what coffee is about. But mm. so typical barista stuff I was doing, and then eventually me and the previous owner kind of got like close, like a nice like friendship. Me and him are really close still. Yeah, and I asked him because he was the one that learned how to roast coffee he went to school mm. for it at mill city roasters up in minneapolis there's I think. school yes for coffee making yes there's school you, for you, really yes, I, so. I just i normally take my keurig cup and i put it in the little machine and it does that but you're telling me that there's there's an actual yeah you, you can be educated in this yes so he went to school for roasting so that is a roaster school it is the brand that we carry the mill city roasters but the girl that's inside, wow. Manuela, she actually went to school for the whole thing in Colombia. So in Colombia really? and like other countries where like coffee is more like looked at as like a specialty art, they yeah. have like classes where you learn how to roast, you learn how to pour your latte art, you learn how to steam milk, huh. you learn everything from like the cultivating process of where coffee comes from, how you roast it, how you grow it. And it's kind of neat because a lot of people don't realize that coffee comes from a plant. It's a cherry seed. It doesn't come out wow. of the like. It doesn't come out of the ground like brown like that. I, I thought it I, you know, <laughs> called me completely uneducated on the subject. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, like, I didn't know much about it, and then I started kind of like learning, and I knew 
that it didn't come out of the ground like that, but I didn't know the whole process that went into growing it as far as like certain elevations make your coffee taste different or like certain regions have like special characteristics and there's just so much to learn about coffee that I'm still learning yeah. about. Yeah. But yeah. So I became close to the owner. He taught me how to roast coffee and mm-hmm. then the other girl, Manuela, taught me how to roast coffee as well. Cause there's like different ways of learning how to roast. So you could do yeah. it using a graph and it kind of, it's like a chart and it shows you where in the process you're going as far as like, okay, like you're hitting a peak, you can either control the speed of it getting too hot or not too hot by turning the fan on, turning the gas off, things mm-hmm. like that. And it's more like technical. You have to really pay attention to the, like the graph and the chart. Right. Whereas the more natural way of doing it is like you have to smell the coffee if you're smelling it, if it's like it's ready or not. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into that. So I did learn a lot while working here. And then Hmm. I was here for like a year and then I became the manager here. And Hmm. then COVID kind of hit and everything was like a complete nightmare for a little bit. And we were closed for, for like two weeks and we were just like serving coffee at the door. Like people would order at the door and they weren't allowed inside, but we would like make their coffee. And like, I remember the people that would come every single day just to support the business and they would get like drinks, coffee for their house. Hmm. And like, I think I'm really grateful for those people that really supported us through like COVID Yeah. because I can't imagine like a lot of the small businesses that like went down. There were thousands. yeah. Yeah. So COVID definitely took a toll. Um, but because COVID happened, we weren't really making a lot of money so i kind of let the previous owner know like hey like i need to start looking for like another job because you know my husband doesn't have a job i need to (laughs) i need to to do something Hmm. so he kind of was like you know like this isn't really my thing and i see that you really love it like how about like you take over like i'll just sell you the business yeah yeah and like i'm only 25 so i'm like uh I was like, I don't know about that. I was like, that's a great idea, but like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I was Hmm. like, maybe not. So I was really hesitant (laughs) and he was really like pushing it on. Like, you'll do great. Like, come on, come on. Like he really wanted me to buy it and I wanted to, but I was really like nervous and afraid because I was Mm -hmm. like, I've never owned anything. I didn't even own a car. I didn't have a license. You're kidding. Yeah. No, I got my license last year. (laughs) I just never, never needed it and never thought I wanted it. And then didn't own a car, didn't own like anything so i owned a business before i owned my first car you owned a business before you owned your first car yes so that's amazing <laughs> there's a lot of backwardsness in that but it definitely taught me a lot and i think really making it my own is like the next step of it mm-hmm. because like 1971 was like his vision right. and i was like here from the beginning to see it grow But now, like, working here for over two years and, like, owning it and, like, listening to what customers want to say and what they Mm -hmm. want, like, it's still a process of changing it. So I'm slowly turning it into my own. Eventually, there'll be a name change, but that's a secret. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's a lot of hard work, a lot of work that I didn't think like think about like i just kind of thought like you Mm. you buy things and you make your business run right that's it but simple simple but you don't (laughs) go like into consideration of like okay like this milk is more expensive so Mm. you have to raise your drinks 10 cents because your milk is more expensive or you know you're using cups napkins and all that stuff for your drinks it 
you have to pay for it somehow. You can't just give away. Yeah, so it's a lot of like factoring in stuff like that. And I mean, a lot of that I did learn in school, Mm -hmm. but it's actually like seeing it like in real life that you're like, oh my god, like you really have to like do your numbers before you make a drink. You can't Hmm. just like make a six dollar drink and be like, okay, it's gonna cost six dollars. You have to really think about it. Like if it costs you five dollars to make your drink, it's not gonna be profitable yeah Yeah. so you have to like think of things like that and I think it was different being a manager to actually owning it because I just kind of would do inventory it's like hey we need this and this and this Mm -hmm. and now I have people telling me hey we need this this and this and it's It's on you it's all on me and then (laughs) it like never bothered me like when it was like right someone was using like a for here cup or a to-go cup but right. like if they're what up, differences it make? Yeah, I was just like, thought. it's a cup, right? Yeah. But it's like, that's a 10 cents cups. And then <laughs> you're in here every single day and then you just throw it away. Like, just use it for here cup. Yeah. So yeah. there's like little things like that that I never understood until now. Right. And then hmm. I think the scariest thing is always like when you have to pay bills or like something breaks. Oh, my God, our fridge broke the other like the other month. And I was like, mm. oh, my God, I was like freaking out had to go look for a new fridge and fridges are very expensive. They're like over five grand. And I was like, Oh, "Oh, okay. Uh, luckily I knew a person that owned like a refrigeration and AC company and Mm. he came out, fixed it for me. And I was like, Oh my God, that saved me a couple thousand. So there's like things like that that you have to take in consideration. Like what if this breaks? Yeah. Unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that, like, if a fridge breaks or if you run out of cups or whatever is happening. So that usually tends to happen. And then now with like the COVID stuff, a lot of our distributors aren't running as smoothly as they used to be. So Mm. like, for instance, I placed a Cheney brothers order yesterday. What are Cheney brothers? Cheney brothers is like the, the main, one of the main distributors in the area that like, if you need cups, or like food like Mm -hmm. they're the ones that deliver stuff to restaurants right so usually we'll get like cups napkins or like milk from them right but they are supposed to come like if i order it today it'll come here tomorrow Mm -hmm. but because of covid like it'll be like we can't get to your area until the next following day right so now i have to plan if I have three sleeves of cups left, I have to make that last until Friday. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of things that, like, COVID kind of messed up for for a lot of restaurants. And I think hmm. that's, like, more into the unexpected stuff. Like, you have to... Sure. Like, who would have thought that would have happened, right? Yeah. L- let's lead into that a little bit. I'd like to know... Um, I think that oftentimes when we think about starting a business or you yeah. think about going into business for yourself, you normally have dollar signs in your eyes or, you know, you're thinking of all of the highlights, all of the good things and the positive things and the, I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to set my own hours and that kind of thing. But um, we don't think about the challenges that may arise as a result of having your own business. Yeah. Um, So I want to lead into the, 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 perhaps the darkest hour that you've had, um, not just owning the business, but like in the process of becoming a business owner and through the process of running your your coffee shop, um, what what has been perhaps one of the darkest hours for you? The darkest hours, I want to say, is definitely like employees. 
Um, mm. I think finding a good set of employees is definitely hard, yeah. especially because like a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to work, but they're, you mm. know, if they're getting unemployment or if, you know, maybe they're asking for too much that we can't pay. And the darkest moment was probably when I had two of my best girls, they had to leave mm. for good reasons. One of them, she just moved away to Michigan and then the other one is joining the Marines. So she went away to boot camp. So oh, wow. they had two weeks left. I hired somebody. I thought it was going great. And then yeah. I was like, okay, it took me like three months of planning a vacation to go see my family in Mexico, like mm. three months for me to actually be like, okay, like everything will be fine if I leave. And the girl was like, yeah, everything's cool. Like if you want to give me more hours, like that's cool. Yeah. And then like, I'm fine working day or nights. Like I love everything. Mm. So I thought everything was great. And then I'm, I'm at the airport and she hits me with that. Hey, I'm not coming back. I just don't want to work. And I was what? like, I was like, Oh my God. And like I had the other two girls are like already put in there two weeks. So like they, wow. they everything was set. Like, yeah, you were already on the way. Yeah, I was at the airport, and I was like, oh, okay. Luckily, the two girls, like, stuck around and, like, really had my back. Yeah. But those two girls were with me, like, before I was the owner. Like, they mm. they really had my back, and I was like, oh, my God, like, perfect. Yeah, having people that you can depend on, having yeah. people that you can count on, it's 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 all going to come down to that human capital. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't buy that. You can't buy quality employees. Yeah. What do you do to, to find someone that is... That that's going to be a good fit. Yeah, and it's not even just like a good fit. Like someone could be a good fit, but mm -hmm. they're just maybe not in the right place in their life to start yeah. here. And that like hmm. that that makes sense, and I understand. But it, it definitely is hard to find employees. And I mean, I would rather have like a quality employee, and kind of meet them halfway as to like, okay, I know you want more money. Like let's yeah. let's find a common ground what benefits both of us. Yeah. And that's probably the hardest thing now is finding like employees or like having to train somebody yeah because it's not just like we push a button and like the coffee comes out we really right. have to like have an understanding <laughs> as like how to like calibrate the espresso how to right. like pull your shots like it's all a lot of work that people don't realize we yeah. do here like a lot of people think we just like push a button and it comes out and that's it yeah I, that's that's honestly what i thought you know <laughs> But, I mean, but then again, I, I'm the guy that puts the little cup in the machine. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I've had some good, like, K-cups that are pretty good. Yeah. But I, I think it's also, like, they're used to, like, a lot of these, like, I call it, like, fast food coffee. Like, you go to sure. Starbucks or you go to Dunkin' and, like, it, it is honestly, like, their machines are so automated where, like, all they have to do is press a button and fill milk to a certain line and everything is just done for them. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of it to do with speed. and. Yeah. I have a lot of people that come in here and like they aren't like patient. They're like, Hey, like 
what's taking so long. And I'm like, well, you mm. got uh, six drinks and all of them have like four <laughs> shots. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm going as fast as I can. But uh, it is nice that like a lot of people are more interested in like specialty coffee now. They right. like ask a lot of questions like, oh, what are you doing? Like, yeah. is that a grinder back there? What is it? And it's like, oh no, like we roast all our own coffee and like we show them the green beans and be like, yeah. this is coffee before we roast wow. it. So. Yeah, you know, I I saw it when I came into your shop. There's this there's this giant machine, that that looks like it's it's just there for show. Yeah. But but you're saying that you actually grind your own coffee there. So we actually roast our own coffee. Oh wow! Yeah. Roast your own coffee. Yeah. So that that seems more intricate. Tell me about that. So it is a big machine that's basically like, like a little oven or like popcorn machine. We get the little right. green coffee beans in there. And green coffee doesn't really have a taste. Like, I've never tried to drink green coffee. I don't think yeah. it would be very good. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you put your coffee beans in, and you mm-hmm. essentially you're cooking it. You're roasting it. So you roast your coffee, and then that's how you get into, like, espresso and, like, light roast coffee. It's just how long it's been cooking for. Oh. So you're basically... So the longer it's been cooking, the stronger it is? It would be, like, the bolder the flavor would be. Bolder flavor. Yes. Right. Typically, like... It, like espressos tend to be a little bit darker depending on like mm-hmm. where you go, but it's usually you get a more like bolder flavor. You're getting the roast profile from the roaster. You're getting more of a roasted flavor, mm-hmm. as whereas some of the light roast you'll taste more of like what the coffee from that region tastes like. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's fascinating. I, I didn't even know that it was that intricate yeah. to begin with. So now you, you, you've roasted the coffee. And now what happens to it? So now that it's roasted, it's a whole bean coffee. And then from there, you can grind it to whatever you need it to. So like an espresso, you're going to have to grind it a lot finer. So we have special Mm -hmm. grinders for that. And then you can also take it home and roast it or grind it for your at-home coffee maker. Yeah, It's all like the same bean, and it just depends on the grind size and how dark it is. So... I could take a bean here and grind it in my espresso grinder and make espresso out of it, or you could take it home and make regular coffee on a different grind size. So that's what the grinding is. That's after that is when you put the water in it. Yeah. So after, after the roasting then would be the grinding. And then when you would start to add water to the coffee, meaning water coming out of the espresso machine, you're making your espresso or you put it through a coffee maker and the water runs through it. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, similar to like when you're making tea and you pour mm-hmm. your hot water over the tea it like yeah. extracts all that flavor it's yeah. essentially the same thing that's when you get the magical bean water yes the magical <laughs> bean water that's that's amazing you know um being being a latina young woman owning her own business i mean you're you're hitting a lot of um very uncommon demographics uh that we want to empower uh what would your advice be to perhaps a younger version of yourself, somebody that wants to go into business, somebody that's interested in their own business, um, but 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 isn't where you are yet, but is looking to be where you are in the future. Like, what would your advice be to, to her? I would say my advice would be to never stop learning. Like, definitely mm. owning your own business doesn't mean, okay, like, I'm going to put my business up and then, all right, hire somebody and they can run it. All right, cool. Like, you have to really put in like the effort, the work, like you're going to, you're going to be in here lots and lots of hours, more than you expected, probably more than you're used to working. Yeah. 
but like it's gonna be hard for for a while before it gets easy but once it gets easy like things will run smoothly you know how your business works but it's definitely a lot of learning never stop learning (laughs) and I mean like definitely don't give up like there's a lot of times here that like I'm like what am I even doing here like this Mm. like how did I get here Mm. how did I get myself into this mess but at the end of the day like you feel good that like yeah you're doing something good people like your business and I mean like you also can't take it into consideration like maybe one negative review like don't take it as like the end of the world take it more like learn from it like okay like what didn't they like okay they didn't like the coffee tasted like this right well then maybe look at what happened with that coffee like did they steam the milk too much or you know just look at it as like a learning experience like not everyone is gonna like the same thing you do Mm -hmm. so maybe suggest something different like hey like you don't like your coffee too sweet maybe not get a frozen coffee maybe get you know, a black coffee or an Americano, something like that. And just don't take it like to heart, take it more of like, I can learn from this. How can I learn from this? Utilize the sometimes seeming negativity Yeah. for something positive or to propel you forward, to drive you forward. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's, that's powerful. Now, um, you said that, that you have a family. Yes. Um, does your family support your business? Yes. I, I mean, I think so. My <laughs> my husband right now is going through the fire academy at IRSC, so he's not really, like, here as much as usually in school, but, like, on his right. off days, like Sunday or something, he'll catch him back there ringing customers up for me. Yeah. Um, my dad is helping me with a lot of the remodeling and stuff. He owns mm-hmm. his own, like, granite countertop, like, home remodeling company, so I yeah. have a lot of help from that. Uh, my mom always brings her friends here, so it's always really nice. But it's it's nice to have that support where it's like, hey, like, do you need something at the shop? Do you want me to go get milk? Do you want yeah. me to go do this? Like, it's definitely nice to have that support there. That's good. That's good to have. Yeah. Um, it's so when you think about, uh, we thought about the positive moments, um, excuse me, the negative moments, and we leaned into that a little bit. And you gave some advice to a, a younger version of yourself. Um, what have been some of the great moments, some of the, the best moments that you've had here um, running your own shop and or even in the process of becoming an owner of a small business? I think it's really just looking at the big picture as far as like the good moments. Like, you know, it's a hard day, but at the end of the day, it's like, wow, it was really busy today. And, yeah. you know, sales are up. People yeah. like what we, we have. And. I, I think the positive moments always come from just every day working and seeing it grow because there's like days where I look at it and it's like, hey, like we're really busy today and you don't like think about it as like the big picture. You see, you don't just see it as like today it was really busy and I have so much work to do, but I see it as like, oh my God, like it's so good today. Yeah. So it's really just looking at like positive things like that and like looking at, the fact that I'm 25 and I really own my own business now. Yeah. So I, I didn't think like I would go to college and like do all this. Like mm. I, the first person in my family to go to college, I didn't think wow. I'd own my own business. My mom definitely was like very proud. She like cried when I told her I like bought it. Wow. So <laughs> it's, it's good. Cause I mean, my three brothers, they're younger, but they all joined the military and my, my younger sister is still like in school. So for her to see like her being, um, coming from Mexico, uh, mm. being an immigrant, and then becoming a U.S. citizen, it mm-hmm. was a big deal for her kids to, like, 
be better than yeah. what she came from. And of course, like the fact that I went to college, graduated with the, like a bachelor's and then I had mm. my own business and I bought my own car. Like it was not like I went out and like mm. had people do it for me. Like I worked really hard and I think that's like the biggest thing that's like the positive moments is just seeing the bigger picture of me actually owning something and yeah. becoming this person that I didn't think I would be. You're the fulfillment of a dream. Yeah. That that someone else had and that that you've made a reality and and improved um, on on that dream that that your mother or your parents had when they came here in the first place and that's that's a powerful thing. Yeah. That's something great and it's also something for yourself. Would you ever consider going back and and working a regular nine to five? Um, maybe, maybe not. Like it would have to be like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think I'd go back. Like, it's not that I don't like to like yeah. take orders or anything like that, but like, sure. it's more of like, you know, I own my own business. I, I could be, I know I can do it. So maybe just owning another thing instead of working for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have that under your belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good resume builder. It is. Slightly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when you look back on on the way that everything has happened, how you came into the business, how how you came into running it, then owning it, would you say that this was mostly luck or was it hard work? What do you think was the determining factor to the success that that has come to your life or that you've produced? I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I want to say luck in the sense that, like, I was moving down here right yeah. as the store was opening. It was kind of like a sign, like, oh, my God, like, mm. I already talked about opening a coffee shop mm. here, and then there's one already opening. So, I mean, that did take a lot of the hard work out of that as yeah. far as, like, building and all that. But I want to say I definitely proved myself to the previous owner. I showed him, like, how hard I could really work. I, you know, I... We became really close friends, but in that it came from a lot of me putting in all the work, showing him, hey, like, I'm here 60-plus hours a week, but wow. I'm, I'm doing, like, a lot of work. And as soon as I learned how to roast, like, it was me doing all the roasting. It was me mm. doing all the ordering. Like, it was me showing him that I could really, like, do this. And I think that's why he put a lot of trust in, like, his business, like, selling it to me as far as, like, yeah. you know, she could really do this if she, like, wanted to. Right. And... So, yeah, definitely luck. I got lucky because I moved down here at just the right time. Like, everything yeah. happened for a reason, I guess. But mm -hmm. I think I definitely proved myself with a lot of the hard work. So it was a lot of work, a lot of 60-plus hours a week. But but I'm here, still putting in more than 60-plus hours a week. <laughs> but now as an owner instead of a manager. And, and you seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of hard work, and I'm tired a lot, but... A lot of time management goes into that because, like, I still have to, I have to go home, feed my son, spend time mm. with my family, things like that. But luckily, I do have some really great employees that like help with a lot of stuff. Or like, yeah. three of us know how to roast, so we all take turns. Like, hey, like I can do mm. this one if you want to get it next week. Things like that. Does it take a long time? It can. Like, if we're roasting for the whole store, it takes maybe like two, three hours. If oh wow if it's for the store and we get a lot of like wholesale orders for like churches that takes like a full day or a full two days. Wow. So like when it comes to that, we really have to like plan, plan a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> Cause like, it, like it used to be that I could work 
and then roast in between like customers. Sure. But now like with it picking up, like I have to have another person back there running the bar and I have to be roasting. Or sometimes it's two people behind the bar and me roasting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, you know, always the case to have multiple people, to have a team that's important whenever you're running a business. And this is no different in, in the coffee shop uh, industry. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned you were Mexican. I happen to be a taco enthusiast. <laughs> so this is perhaps the most important question I'm going to ask you today. What's your favorite kind of taco? I really like... That's a hard one because I, I like... It is. It's a difficult... Qu- take your time. Okay. It's a difficult question. I understand the depth. <laughs> I really like like tacos de lengua. Those are so good. Me too. It's it's one of my favorite also. It's just good. It's really good. And then because of the whole popularity of birria, birria tacos right now are like, oh my God, they smack. They're so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So it's between lengua and birria right now. But lengua and birria. That's yeah. the official answer. The official one, yeah. Do you take your tacos with... with uh, onion and cilantro and yes with everything and then like the green salsa all of it green salsa? <laughs> yeah I like I one, like my tacos spicy one tortilla or two tortillas two so that then you can like catch the droppings at there the bottom that's, that's the way to do it <laughs> oh you heard it you heard it from an expert <laughs> and from the source <laughs> well thank you so much for for joining me today um, this is this has been a very fascinating conversation I've learned a whole bunch about beans and and roasting (laughs) them and and then grinding them i had no idea that there was an entire process to that i just thought you press the button and coffee comes out oh my god (laughs) (laughs) well if you ever need any more coffee expertise we're here and thank you for having me i appreciate it awesome thank you thank you for listening to today's episode this has been jorge coxach with stories from psl florida if you enjoyed the episode Don't forget to like, to subscribe, and of course to share it. We value your reviews, so if you have something that you would like others to know about the show, please write us a review and give us a rating. Also, if you'd like to contact us, send us an email at contact at pslflorida.com. Looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to once again joining you on our journey to get to know the people the places, the movements, and the businesses in our town. Till next time, goodbye.